Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. The finesse of flying Cassini between Saturn's rings. By Adam Rogers. The Cassini space probe is going to dive through Saturn's rings again on Wednesday, the third of a planned 22 orbits threading that planetary needle as the probe continues a ballistic death drop inward. And like the first ring crossing two weeks ago, this one required a bit of complicated piloting. Remote controlling a robot spaceship from 750 miles away ain't like dusting crops, as Han Solo might say. Rest in peace. Spoilers. Cassini's first dramatic pass through the rings of Saturn on April 26th involved some acrobatics. Step one, get a gravity boost from the moon Titan. In fact, that's how Cassini has been moving around the system since its arrival in 2004. Rather than burn precious propellant, the craft tucks into Titan's orbit and then slingshots back out again. This most recent boost was a delicate one. Just 609 miles above Titan's surface, and not even 10 miles above the Moon's wan atmosphere. Space, as we keep telling you, is hard. Any gravity assist that we do is never going to be perfect, because we can't model everything perfectly, says Sonia Hernandez, a mission design engineer for Cassini at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Two days after the last Titan flyby we did, we performed a maneuver to put Cassini on its trajectory again. It was very tiny. How tiny? First, the spacecraft team put Cassini's three reaction wheels to work. They are spinning disks that, when their rotation slows, cause the entire spacecraft to move around the flywheel's axis. They are a way to change the probe's orientation without burning fuel. That's how the spacecraft team points the reaction control system thrusters. 
smaller than the main engine and powered by hydrazine, in the right direction. Then, Hernandez's navigation team sent the signal to fire the RCS thrusters for just 177 seconds at 155 millimeters per second. In other words, the burn moved the craft in a different direction by about 80 feet. Here's a complicated bit. Even though that first maneuver, carefully calculated weeks in advance, happened before the first ring crossing, the team did it to correct the orbit on the third crossing, the one happening Wednesday. That's how these loop-the-loops work. Small problems turn into big ones unless you deal with them early. And on Wednesday, they're going to do it again to make sure dive number 13 is perfect. We're going so close to the atmosphere and the rings, there's all these perturbations, Hernandez says. So this one will be even more delicate. Cassini's high-gain antenna starts out pointed directly at Earth. Good for receiving all these commands. Using the reaction wheels again, they'll make two careful turns over the course of about 45 minutes. It can take upwards of an hour and a half for commands to reach Cassini, depending on where it is in orbit. So these sequences are all preset. By the end, the antenna will be turned about 120 degrees away from Earth. Then, says Joan Stupik of Cassini's guidance and control team, they'll fire the RCS thrusters again. This time, it's just 22 millimeters per second for 24 seconds. It's precision flying to make sure the science team gets the exact data it wants. Pretty pictures, sure, but also new information about the size of the particles in the rings, what they're made of, and where that material comes from. The geysery moon Enceladus is a contributor. Cassini will keep circling Saturn until September 15th, NASA's grand finale, when the little probe will dive into the planet. On the last route that we do around Saturn, we actually encounter Titan one last time, says Hernandez. It'll give us a tiny push, a kiss goodbye, and that's going to give us our final push into the atmosphere. Cassini will collect data all the way down, of course. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.